Hey everybody, welcome back to another night of Walk It Out. My name is Gretchen Cannon. I'm the community pastor here at Grace Church and uh, so glad you joined me this evening. I'm going to go ahead and open us up in prayer. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your nature and your goodness to us. Not what you do for us, but who you are to us. And Father, as we get into talking about how you designed us to live a balanced life, I just ask you to speak to our hearts what you want us to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, last week I had Annie Lahan on, and we talked about what it looks like to have a relationship of in, meaning close personal relationships. And so we've talked the last several weeks. This is this is our fifth week in this series of balanced Christianity, of being up with the Father, in with close relationships, and out with the crowd. And today I'm going to continue talking about in. And so when, when we have an up relationship with the Father, like we're learning to set with Him, we're learning what it means to actually remain with Him throughout the day. Like it's where it all starts. It's foundational and you cannot move the foundation from a house or the house will crumble. And it is the same with our up relationship with the Father through abiding. If we remove that foundation, our in is going to crash as well as our out. Well, in is just having deep community with each other. Like, and it's not, it, it can just be people in the world, but like Jesus modeled having an in and sharing your heart and and things about yourself with people that were also following the Father. And so this is a place where we process life with others that are pursuing a relationship with Jesus. And why? Because it all, like, our in relationships then point us back to Jesus. They don't give us a bunch of advice. Now, they might give you practically how they walked it out in their life, but, like, they lead you to the Word they lead you to the Holy Spirit. They pray for you. They intercede with you. They fast for your freedom. Like they are so um, concerned about the things that concerned you. Not worried, but like they care. And so without the up in our life, relationship, like our up relationship with the Father, our relationships with others will be completely fruitless. They will be built without a foundation of who the Father is. Therefore, they won't be built on truth. So it's so important when we look at balanced Christianity that we realize up comes first and then in where we can process the things of our heart with people that the Lord's put in our life that are seeking Him, that are learning from Him, that are studying who He is from Him, how to be like Him. And so Jesus modeled covenant relationships for us, and we are to follow his lead with one another. And so I want to read for you out of John 13, verse 35, Jesus says, By all this, you will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So the way that he says that we will be known as his disciples, if we have love for one another. Not if we pray good, not if we preach the word good, not if we even sit with the Lord for hours, but if we have love for one another. And if we look at the definition of a disciple, somebody that abides in him, walks in his ways, and does his works, 
Like as we sit with the Father, as we learn to hear the voice of the Lord, as we partner with the Holy Spirit, we remain in that life union with Jesus all day long. Fruit will happen. John 15 promises. It's a kingdom spiritual law. And as the fruit happens, that fruit looks like the ways. We walk in Jesus' ways. It's not like Gretchen go love these people. It is out of the abundance and who I know the Father is to me, then I can be the Father through, like I, I can totally yield to his spirit in me and I can be love as he permeates it through me. It's how we walk in his ways, his character and his nature. Well, if Jesus says, by all this you will know or people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Well, what does love look like? So let's go to 1 Corinthians 13. And I've got a couple of translations here that I'm going to read from. Start with the New King James, and then I'm going to bounce back and forth to the Passion. But it says in verse 4, Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fall. They will fail, excuse me. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect or mature has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. Right here it talks about like when we are fully mature, when we are in our, um, in our, like we have no more of our mind, our will and emotions to deal with and we are fully in the presence of the Lord in heaven, like there will not need to be any prophecies. And prophecy there in the new covenant is exhortation, edification, and comfort. When you speak words of edification, exhortation, and comfort, you are speaking prophecy. And that's what this means. Tongues will also not be needed in heaven. And neither will knowledge. But love will be. Why? Because God is in heaven and he is love. And if he says in, in Matthew 6 about Heaven being here on earth, like thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, then that means we can have it here. Even though we prophesy in part, I, I've never found anywhere where it says you love in part here on the earth. Never seen that. The other things he, he says that we will do in part, but love we will never do in part. Let me read for you out of the Passion, starting in verse 4. I love how this starts. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous. It, love does not brag about one's achievements, nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight 
in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. It extends beyond the gift of prophecy, which eventually fades away. It is more enduring than tongues, which will one day fall silent. Love remains long after the words of knowledge are forgotten. Our present knowledge and our prophecies are but partial. But when love's perfection arrives, the partial will fade away. And so right here, something else I want to point out about talking about prophecy and tongues and knowledge, like those things are still here because we are not perfected in love and we are not in heaven. Therefore, we still need prophecy, tongues, and knowledge. Just a little side, just a little side there, thing there. But like, that's what it looks like to love. So if Jesus says, you will be known as my disciples if you have love for one another, then what it means, like if you refuse to be jealous about each other, if you celebrate each other's honesty, even when maybe they sinned, even when maybe they sinned against you, like it joyfully celebrates honesty. It also believes the best about others, but also for others. And it never takes failures as defeat. And so like when you fail or, or when others fail, so like Annie and I visited last week about some different even failures that we had, because we've learned to love each other in to the degree that we have by the power of the Holy Spirit, when she fails or I fail, we're not like, it's all over. I mean, we're, we're screwed now. There's nothing we can do about it. Like we're done. That doesn't, that isn't love. And so if we're known as his disciples by our love for one another, then we learn to do the hard things in love and to stay there. It looks like being committed fully to each other and fully identifying with one another, not making excuses for our immaturity or our behavior, but calling each other up in the spirit, sharing everything that the Lord has given with to us with each other. And so like my home is your home. Like, do you not have any heat? Did your washer and dryer come out? Bring your laundry over. Like that's what it means by by when I say like everything that I that the Lord has given me, I share. I share all my possessions. Honestly, it's not mine anyway, if he's Lord of them, right? You're loyal no matter the cost. Like we stick together no matter the cost. This inward relationship with each other that only comes from our up relationship with the Father is living in love with one another. It's the only identifying mark that Jesus said we as his followers would have is love for one another. And so we look at where we're at in society today, not just in America, but honestly, all over the globe. Like we're disconnected. We are a disconnected people, especially in America and other countries like ours. We long for connection, though, even though we're so disconnected. You know, there's people in your, probably in your own household, but definitely in your own community 
that are in pain. And they're in pain because they don't have a strong in aspect of their life. They may sit with the Lord and like the Lord can speak amazing things to you. But if you don't have that in to be able to show love and receive love, if you don't have that in to be able to process the things in your heart, maybe that the Lord's pointing out to you that he wants to heal you from or free you from, but also the things in your heart that he shows you that makes you like leap and joy, dance and just be joyful. Like you need that in relationship for connection. We were created for community. I mean, look at just the Acts 2 church. Look at the Acts church in general. Like they had community. And we saw Jesus in the Gospels have community with the disciples that he brought in to his close relationship. They prayed together. They ate together. They worshiped together. They went to the synagogues together. They went and ministered to people together. They traveled together. Like, that is what it looks like to have an in relationship. Like, our culture will continue to fill the void of the longing that we have for connection. If we don't begin to embrace relationships here on earth with other people outside of our home, and I don't mean a weekly meeting, I'm talking about doing life on life. Like today, the people that were in my closest inn knew that my car broke down on the way to work after dropping my kid off and knew I left home without my shoes. Now, that's not real deep heart issues, but it can start out as a very frustrating day if so, right? And the reason why they knew we were already in community and conversation and connection before my car broke down and before I left my house without shoes. And it continued. And so something was said and I was said, well, right now I'm on the side of the road. I've got steam coming out of my hood. My car's overheated. I was thinking my water pump was going out. And then I left my shoes at home. But what the great thing was is I had a pair of flip-flops in my van. So I was able to put them on, have a pair of flip-flops. But like, that's the part of in that's just doing life. It wasn't setting around uh, studying scripture once a week with each other. Although, man, that is so important. But like when you can look at each other and you can say, hey, are you remembering this that the Lord told you? And why would I be able to remind somebody of that or them remind some, me of that? Because we have that in relationship. Because I share the things of the, of the excitements that the Lord takes me through as well as the struggles that I go through here on earth as this human walking around as a spirit being in a human body, right? And so this inward relationship is so powerful. Our culture cries out and longs for connections. Honestly, the body of Christ, they long for connections, but so many times they will not take advantage of the connection opportunities that are there. And I know that because right now in this season, we offered discovery groups, which are our in-home small groups for people to sign up for. We had six families, six families sign up. We have a whole lot more families in our church than six families. And so 
but yet people are longing for connection, but they don't take advantage of it. They, they have this false sense of connection via social media or via texting or anything like that. Instead of that, look you in the eye, face-to-face connection. And not so we can like um, badger each other or, or condemn each other, but so we can build each other up so we can just get to know each other. Like how God wired you? What did he create you to do? How can I champion and support you to, remem- to remind you not only who God says you are, Now, he says we are all children. He says we are all certain things. But there are things that are specifically spoken to me by the rhema word, by the living voice that embers faith inside of my heart as I yield to him that are completely different than Annie's or completely different than Steve's or completely different than my husband's or completely different than Jody's. But I'm not going to know who Jody and Brian and Steve and Annie's like. I'm not going to know what those words are if I'm not having that face-to-face dialogue with them to hear what the Lord is speaking to their heart, to know it. And they're not going to know it with me. And so as extroverted as I am and as much as I love people, I can hide very easy in relationships if I am not willing to be honest, open, and vulnerable, to be able to share things that I could be hurt by, right? Just this last week, I uh, was in one of my, the groups when I, where I walk with some <clears throat> people in discipling, and like, um, I shared something that could have been like used against me, something that triggered me, and you know what? It was kind of used against me, but I don't regret it. I don't regret being authentic and being myself to them. For one, the Lord's taken me through a long journey of knowing that I am protected by him and that he is my defender. And it's okay for me to be able to be honest, open, and vulnerable with people about things that trigger me, things that bother me, these thoughts and these doubts that enter my mind. Why? Because like, even if they're used against me, they're actually using them against Jesus, not against me. Why? Because it's the word that's inside of me, that's Jesus, that, that is telling me I'm protected, that is telling me I'm his chosen pearl, all of those types of things. And so like when we get hurt or wounded by relationships, because it happens, I mean, like we get hurt and wounded by people. It's just a part of living life. We get hurt and wounded by people that are close to us, by even Christians. Like we need to go to God. That goes back to our up relationship. So we take our in relationship and we take it up and we say, we, I am hurt and I'm wounded by this. And we go to God for healing from these wounds and these relationships. And the Lord reminds us of promises like Psalm 147.3 that says, I heal the wounds of every shattered heart, right? Gretchen doesn't. Like the Lord's going to say, hey, Gretchen, I heal the wounds of every shattered heart. You don't need to go and fix this. You need to let me heal your shattered heart. And then you get to walk out your obedience. And, And all of that. So we go to God for healing and then we move on. Like we can't stay away from relationships and friendships just because we've been hurt. Like, that's not how we're designed to live. Jesus says, John 13, 35, you will know them 
you will be known as my disciples, as somebody that abides in me, walks in my ways, which is nature and character, and does my works. Why? By the love you have for one another. And you know what? A lot of times it's easier to love the out, the people that don't have anything that can hurt you, the people that aren't going to insult you day after day when they're having a bad week. It is so much easier sometimes to go love the out, people that you may never see again, to love those that you have an everyday relationship with. And so I encourage you, those of you, I have been so hurt and wounded by people, by relationships, by people in authority over me, people that have made promises and covenants to me, people that have told me that they're with me. I've been hurt by them. And I've also hurt them. But what we have to do is we have to go to the Father. And we have to say, like, here is my hurt. I'm giving it back to you for you to heal it. And then give me back my heart. Because the shattered heart, he will heal. And he'll give it back to us whole. And then we go back into those relationships. I was a farm girl. And like, when you got thrown off a horse... You got back on. Why? It, it rose up strength and courage in me as a horseman. It also taught the horse a lesson. Like, I'm never giving up. And if you look back at 1 Corinthians 13, it says love never gives up. It never fails. It's never defeated. And so just like getting back on that horse over and over and over, you're reminding that horse like, you will never defeat me. We went through an adoption um, a few, we had been married maybe four years and we adopted our first child. He was almost 12 years old. And like he did everything for almost a decade to get us to not love him. And over and over and over, like woundedness and hurt. And we did, we did stupid crap things as parents. We made horrible mistakes. But like every time we got back up. Why? Because love is never defeated. And the father put a love in our heart for our son. And so we went back over and over and over. No matter what happens, we are going to love you to the end. And he is 30 years old, about ready to be 31. He has made a, some really big, bad decisions in his life. And still yet, I remind him every time I talk to him, you are loved. I love you. You will always be loved. Why? Because Love never gives up. It never fails. So as we wrap up, I want to just speak to those of you that maybe have never been taught how to have an in relationship. You know, those of you, I, I did a series on Eat the Word. Uh, I did a series on uh, on uh, uh, what a disciple is. And I, and I said, like, if you don't know how to do this, reach out to me. Email me. And I will... I will get you connected with somebody that can teach you how to eat the word, that can teach you how to sit with the Father. But like, what if you've never had it modeled for you? What if you've never experienced it in relationship? Well, I want to encourage you, rest assured, the Lord has you. And let me read for you one of my favorite verses. And I love this verse. It spoke such truth to my heart several years ago. It actually became a verse for one of the series that we did here. 
but it's First Thessalonians 4, 9. It says, but concerning brotherly love, and that's our in, that's what we've been talking about tonight. Concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you. So there's no need for me to come to you and, and teach you how to have brotherly love is what he's saying here. And why? For you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And that ties us back to the up relationship with a father. Like if you've never been modeled this, just as a parent, if I was never modeled how to be a good mother or how to be a good cook or how to take care of my family well or how to love my boys, if I was never modeled that, that gives me no excuse to be crappy at it, right? But yet I can be taught by God to love my family well. I can be taught by God how to have an in relationship. Now I will tell you, if you have an opportunity and you are invited in or you ask somebody else to let you in to that inward in relationship with people, do it. And don't hesitate. Do it and go in full-fledged knowing you're going to get hurt and knowing you're going to hurt them, but knowing that love never fails. And it's so worth it. It is so worth it in the end for you to be able to experience life on life with other people that long to be like Jesus and to be conformed to his image. So I hope this has been a blessing for you today. Uh, we're going to move on next week to talking about out, out of our balanced Christianity, up, in, and out. And man, I'm so excited about kind of what the Lord's putting together for that. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that each and every person listening is going to be quickened in their spirit with somebody that they can have an in relationship with. Or maybe if they've already started that in relationship with somebody, that they will be quickened on how to walk that out by the power of your spirit, to learn more, to grow together more, to have it so organic that it's a part of who they are, just like living connected to you. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that we are, we are so honored. We are so grateful to be able to be conformed to your image. And we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys have a great week. Thanks for joining me.